Welcome to The Loved with me, John Dottie. The audio you're about to listen to was pulled from a YouTube video I did back in January of 2020. The topic, How to Love Yourself, is foundational to everything this podcast is about. I'll leave a link to the video in the show notes, or you can just search YouTube for John Dottie if you'd like to watch the video. I should warn you, though, when I edited the video, I was experimenting with morph cuts, and instead of being cool and smooth, I just look like I'm having a lot of cerebral infarctions. I'm fine. I promise. Before I get started, I want to offer a little disclaimer. From time to time, I'm going to quote religious and spiritual texts, including the Christian Bible, maybe even especially. If this offends you, please keep an open mind and consider it as any other spiritual teaching. I also use the word God quite a bit. Don't let this put you off. I use that word interchangeably with capital L love to describe love as a higher being, not a particular deity. This channel is about being spiritual. It's about finding a connection to God and to others and to yourself. This isn't about religion or any system of belief in particular. It's just about being connected to everything around us through love. I've spent most of my life trying to find that connection to a higher power. I thought for a long time that I was supposed to be a preacher, but that really wasn't the path I needed to follow. Still, there's something deep down inside my heart and my mind that drives me to share this amazing relationship I have with my God, and by extension, a relationship with you. Again, this isn't about religion, it's about faith. It's about accepting life on life's terms, and it's about relationships with people and accepting them for who they are. And it's about letting go of unrealistic expectations. Now, the first question I've had to ask myself when starting this YouTube channel is, why am I even qualified to dispense wisdom to anyone? To be perfectly honest, that can be a crippling question. I could ponder that until the end of time and still not have a great answer. What I do know is that in, in the past, I've had an uh, incredibly hard life. But despite all the heartache and pain, today I have an amazing life. I have tapped into something more amazing and more powerful than I ever dreamt possible years earlier. Like I said before, when I was younger, I thought I was supposed to be a Southern Baptist preacher. However, who and what I am is inconsistent with that doctrine. But that's okay, because what I have found is a richness and completeness in my relationship with God as I understand it. I sincerely hope that I can make our conversations as religiously neutral as, as possible. I believe in my heart that the message I have, the message of unconditional love and acceptance, is for anyone, whether you believe in a God or you don't. However, I have had years of training, indoctrination, and practice in Christian doctrine so it's going to be practically impossible. Now, it's going to be impossible for me to not quote the Bible. And I know that a lot of the people I want to talk to have or have had a problem with the church. And I have too, which is why I'm right here talking to you now. I don't want to force anybody to believe what I believe. And I will never coerce anyone to believe what I believe. All I can do and what I need to do is share the way that I found God. And I need to share what I've learned. I need to share what I have been given. And the biggest thing I've been given is love. 
When I talk about love and when I talk about God, I'm talking about the same thing. This love that I'm talking about is the same as the God that I talk about. Both love and God are a force, an energy, a presence in the universe. It is the universe. It is everything that we see and everything we don't see. So in this conversation with you, when I say God, or when I say love, I mean the same thing. The key to our conversation is love. So what is love anyway? You know, as human beings, the way that we're brought up, the way that we're educated and indoctrinated, the word love can mean so many different things. I love my husband. I love my parents. I love my friends. I love fried food. I love a good joke. In each of these statements, love means something a little different. Which one of these people or things can I not live without? Now, I would surely be poor, but I can live without all of them. This is where the difference becomes critical. Can I live happily without those people or things? In that list, what I say I love are things that I care about. They're people I care about. These are things that in my life bring me joy, but my joy isn't dependent on any of them. I want to say that again, because for me, that was the highest hurdle to get over. My joy, my happiness isn't dependent on the people or things that I care about and love. My joy and my happiness depend on my thoughts. My thoughts drive my choices and actions, except for autonomic functions of the body. Everything I say and do is rooted in thought. Each emotion is rooted in a thought. Now, for those of us with mood disorders, this concept is a challenge, unless we keep it simple. And when it comes to living by pure, unconditional love, simple is better. In our conversations, I will refer to loving yourself. This is fundamental, the very bedrock upon which a God-centered life is built. Somehow, we've traded our genuine love of the self for the fragile self-esteem of the ego. When our ego isn't satisfied, it attacks our sense of self-worth to justify the denial of what we want. We fail to hit the mark for whatever it is we desire, and our ego infiltrates our mind with ideas of not being good enough to achieve. We annihilate ourselves with cruel words like ugly, stupid, lazy, evil, weak, unlovable. There's a part of us that knows this to be false, but we're trapped in this neurotic rundown. Deep inside, we all want to feel loved and appreciated. There's a desire to feel a sense of belonging and safety. We join groups and seek approval from anywhere we might find it. When our friends or lovers don't provide that praise, however, we seek to find out why. Some of us are worse than others. Some people are better at seeking self-satisfaction than approval and validation. Today, I'm still working on ridding myself of the desire for validation. Certainly not an easy task for someone who has a YouTube channel. But I am as God intended me to be, and I have the right to make the steps as I grow into my spirit. We often say, I don't care what anyone thinks of me, but how truthful is that? If we're interacting with others, we're doing something to impress them, whether we're trying to make a good impression or a bad one. 
The truth is that at this very moment, I'm the kind of person I want to be. There are people who love me with all their hearts, and there are people who despise me so deeply they wish horrible curses upon me. Not one person from that spectrum has anything to do with who I am right now. You know, the late Wayne Dyer said, what you think of me is none of my business, and it's not. What I say, the way I speak, and how I present myself are all meant to attract your attention. In that respect, I care what you think. I want you to understand what I'm saying. If someone shares their opinion about me, I need to understand that it's an opinion about the image of me and not really me at all. In other words, I don't take any opinion personally, good, bad, or indifferent. Your opinion is still valuable and useful to me because it provides feedback that helps me to get better at communicating my thoughts, ideas, and feelings. This then becomes a process of not taking things personally. Teacher, shaman, and author of The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, wrote that the first agreement is to not take anything personally, whether that's praise or criticism or anything in between. Now, as one who, who practices the four agreements, I can tell you that I have struggled and will for a long time to come with putting this concept into practice. I understand it. And as Don Miguel explains, someone else's actions, behavior, words are not because of me. There are many factors involved that affect our behavior and can vary from moment to moment. If I'm in a terrific mood and I'm uplifted, I'm more inclined to offer love and praise. If, on the other hand, I'm sick or angry or fearful, I might likely, I am more likely to be harsh and critical or withhold love. Quite simply, we're all involved in the struggle of the waking nightmares of life. Some of us are starting to awaken. Others are in a deep sleep mired in the nightmare of the world. Ultimately, we never know what someone else thinks of us, even when they tell us. We can only imagine and project what we think others feel about us. And this is a projection of our own ego. This is our way of validating our self-esteem from without, rather than recognizing that it is always from within. It's easier for me to dislike myself if I think you dislike me too. It's easier for me to praise myself if I believe that you are praising me too. No matter how I play the game, at the end of it, all I am left with is the only opinion that can matter, my own. The danger comes when I don't value my own opinion and I feel that I need someone else to tell me who I am and thereby surrender all of my power. I regain my power and my sense of self when I allow myself to love. I can be loved, but I can't receive love unless I open up the gateway by loving me first. To understand this a little better, let's look at love itself. What is love? Now, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Church of Corinth, the famous treatise on love. He said, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It isn't proud, it isn't rude, it isn't self-seeking, it isn't easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, 
always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Put simply, love is the only thing that is real. It is indestructible and infinite. It isn't quantifiable, but perfectly true. Love is everything, and if it isn't love, it doesn't really exist. Ultimately, love is God, and God is love. Now, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's fear. Fear is the absence of love, and fear can't exist in love. Love isn't an emotion or a feeling, but it can be felt. You know when you love because there's a psychological and, and physiological effect. In fact, this feeling can be quite invigorating and euphoric. Sometimes we talk of unconditional love, but in truth, there is no other kind. How can I love you if I make you conform to my expectations, if I have conditions? I can't love you for you if I force you to behave the way I want you to. What I do feel when you're doing what I want you to do isn't love, but the power I feel from the control. When you do something that I don't like or I don't expect, I feel fear or anger, which is really just fear turned outward because of my lack of control. Love will make you feel happy, but being happy doesn't necessarily mean you feel love. We even get down on ourselves if we give into a habit or make a bad decision or hurt somebody. We will disapprove and withhold love from ourselves. We may even punish ourselves with destructive behavior, and we often do. If you've ever been on a diet and slipped eating something you weren't supposed to or gained weight instead of losing it or didn't lose it fast enough, you might have been tempted to scrap the diet and go binge eat. Which, yeah, I might have done that. The bottom line is that we can't live well by withholding love from ourselves. And we can't really accept the love of others unless we love ourselves. See, the, the power of love comes in the transaction. Because there is no quantity to love, only a flow. The benefit comes when love is happening, not when it's held. Furthermore, you can't rely on others to do the loving for you. And you can't give what you don't have, so you must love yourself first in order to truly love others. If you feel lost or confused at this point, don't be frustrated. Just know that you are lovable regardless of who you think you are, or what you've done, or what you're going through right now. You desire love, and you know that much. If you don't feel love, then let's start by giving love to the one person you always have with you. You. I mentioned earlier that I've had some very hard times in my life, and I've been through real hell. Real hell. Now, I went through something, and just a few days after I emerged from hell, I realized two things. One. I had to forgive myself for my past. Number two, I had to love myself in order to forgive. That meant that the prerequisite for all of my healing was love. And I had to be both benefactor and beneficiary. But if you can't give what you don't have, how can you give yourself love? You might ask. <laughs> 
When we awaken from this nightmare of the world, also known as hell, we discover what love is and where it comes from. Remember this, the benefit of love is in the transaction, not the act. Love just is. You have a spirit or a soul, if you like, and that spirit is perfect and is made up of love. In fact, it is God. Even if you're the nastiest, most wicked person on the planet, love is inside of you. God is a part of you. And we'll talk more about this in later discussions, but for now, it's just important to realize that the infinite power of love resides within your being. From that core, love will flow. You are allowed to act as a conduit for love, even if you fail at the expression of it. That power is how we can still receive love energy, even from a bad person. That power is what you pull from to give and receive love. Many years ago, I'd reached the end of my rope. I was broken emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I was a drunk filled with alcohol and pain. I didn't want to live anymore, and I decided to end my life. Well, obviously that didn't happen, but I sure tried. What did happen was nothing short of miraculous. The very short version of what happened is bottle of whiskey, fast car, miraculously surviving wreck, miraculously surviving attempted suicide by cop, handcuffs, and jail. There are some details obviously missing here, and there was an out-of-body experience that dramatically changed me and my way of thinking forever since, but this is the gist of that event. So there I was. I was completely removed from all I knew. The torture and torment of hell was just far enough away from me that I could think again and I could feel something other than despair. When I realized that I had to love myself in order to move on to anything else in my healing, I had to ask, how? Also, I had an ego as big as Texas. It was my cover for how much I hated myself inside. That ego was how I survived, but when the facade collapsed, I was left alone and pressed under the wreckage. I had no earthly idea how to begin the action of true love. I had nowhere else to turn, so I reached out to God or a higher power, the universe, something bigger than myself, whatever you like, and simply asked for help. I asked for its help. The answer for me came in the form of this, this idea. It was just a thought. There was someone in my life who I loved no matter what. I thought of my maternal grandmother. She loved everybody, no matter what. Even when I was upset with her, I still loved her. I also believed that she loved me regardless and despite my shortcomings. Times when I was acting out in fear and anger, at times when I was just screwed up so bad, I always knew her love was there. I have found that even if we can't think of a particular person in our life that fits the criteria of unconditional love, we have an idea of that person. This ideal is born of our own spirit and is, in fact, God. Even if we think we've never been loved unconditionally, we have a longing for it. This is an innate knowledge that just is. 
I have to say something about asking for God's help. At the time, I had not yet developed any understanding of who or what I thought God was. I was completely broken. And I knew that there had to be something in the universe that was greater than I. Even if you don't know or believe in God or a God, please allow yourself to seriously consider a power greater than yourself. The whole of humanity is indeed greater than the individual. And ask that power for the help to find love for yourself. This knocks on the door and that door will open. It will come when you are ready to receive it, so be patient too. I took this ideal of unconditional love and I projected it on the personality of my grandmother. I closed my eyes and imagined a large pitch black darkness, except for a spotlight shining from overhead. At the edge of the circle of light was two chairs directly opposite and facing each other. I then imagined myself in one chair and my grandmother in the other. We were just sitting there in silence looking at each other. Because the light was so bright and the room so dark, I couldn't see beyond the light. I couldn't make out my grandmother's face, but I didn't have to. I knew she was there. As we sat there, I could feel that we loved each other. There was no quantity or quality to the love. It just was. It was just flowing. Now, as I imagined this scene, I let my mind and my body feel the effects of this love. It made me feel warm and happy and safe. I absorbed the feelings and let them happen. I felt joy and peace and serenity in the moment. Now, even though my grandmother had passed away several years earlier, I didn't mourn or miss her because I was loving her as if she were right there with me. So I continue to imagine this scene of my grandmother and I sitting in silence facing each other. I was watching this scene as an observer. So I panned around the edge of the light until my view was behind her. As I felt the love flowing, I watched her love me as if I was looking through her eyes. This turned out to be the moment I was waiting for, although I, I didn't know it and I didn't think of it that way consciously at the time. So after a few moments, I panned back around to my viewpoint. I was looking at my grandmother again. So slowly, the distance between us began to shrink. Her face was still obscured by this bright light, but we moved closer. The edge of the light followed us. We continued to move closer and closer until I could see her face, except it wasn't her face. It was my face. In the last moment of the scene I was imagining, and for the first time in my life, I felt true and unconditional love for myself. This was a huge breakthrough for me. Not only could I feel the love inside of me, a door opened that also allowed me to begin forgiving myself too. I don't think that this was just an exercise or technique to learn how to feel love for myself. It was a gift and a message from the spirit of love itself. There had been a lot of debris holding my spirit from the light. In that moment, I felt truth. It was right then that I knew that I had to love myself first or I would be unable to experience true love. 
I was starting to wake up from my nightmare. Later on, I used this scene with my grandmother's sort of training wheels until I could love myself all the time. Love also brings forgiveness with it. Think of it like a tapestry, threads of love and forgiveness woven around your entire being. It's important to forgive yourself, and it helps if you can give yourself permission to take as long as necessary to get through this first step. The next question may be, why is it so important to love myself? Well, think of the soul as a valve attached to a pipeline that carries love and allows it to flow like water. In order to open the valve, we have to be receptive to love and be able to give love freely. If we don't love ourselves, then that valve shuts, preventing the flow of love. Remember that the benefit of love comes in the transaction or when it flows. We may be able to feel that someone loves us or even that God loves us. But unless we love ourselves, we will not allow the love of others to pass through. The valve is shut and there is no exchange of it. So, I think that the New Testament of the Bible is only about love. It is about pure, honest, unconditional expression of love from love itself. There's a wonderful metaphysical conversation to go along with this idea, but that'll have to wait for the topic, uh, who is God? The point is that we're instructed with these commandments, the ones we're supposed to keep if we love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so the next logical step is to understand the truth that if you are going to love your neighbor as yourself, you must love yourself first. The miracle is that when you do this, when you begin to love yourself as God intends you to do it, everything else falls into place naturally. That isn't to say that it's easy. It isn't. Loving is kind of against our psychological nature as animals because it is unseen and intangible. But it is critical to our spiritual being and living in heaven on earth and escaping hell. The ego knows one fundamental truth too. The path to this enlightenment or righteousness or spiritual growth is hard. And as we begin, we're like raw steel forged in the fire and shaped with the hammer. We're tested, but not to hurt us, but to strengthen us. This is a, a make or break proposition. No one is exempt. We all have the capacity to reach God as Jesus and the Buddha. We just need to be willing and then take the steps. There are no trials, temptations, or troubles that will befall us that can't be overcome with love. Now for the not-so-great news. The world itself despises love. Fear is the opposite of love, and the world turns to fear. I have one more quote from the New Testament. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. 
This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. The greatest act of love we show God is by loving him and ourselves enough to push beyond the physical, egocentric, and immediate gratification and move towards deeper meaning. For me, this is the only way I've found to face the suffering the world has in store. Suffering will come whether we're in pursuit of a higher purpose or not. But in love, there is peace, comfort, and serenity, and freedom from fear. Love because you can. Be loved because you should. And know that you're loved because I love you.